welcome to episode 15 of Better With Paul. Now, if you were to ask me to choose just one person from the hundreds or even thousands of business owners I've interviewed and read about as entrepreneur of the year, just one person, the person that best embodies solving problems in a unique way, which is what I consider to be entrepreneurship, without question, I would give that honor to today's guest. She's someone who truly started from the bottom. She didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. She got a good job at a school like we're always told to. And then from that good job, she got fired while she was pregnant. And when friends and family assumed she would go look for another job, she instead sold her car, got some extra cash, and bet on herself. In today's episode, you'll hear how she went on to build a business with a revenue of five million in sales. And she did that with no investment, you know, no special funding, no loans. She made it happen through hard work. She's going to literally break down in this episode how she grew her company, what marketing and sales techniques she used. And like always, you know I like to go deep with these relationship questions. You're going to hear how her relationship with her mother and her husband impacted her business. Now, if that's not enough, I want you to stay listening all the way to the very end when I do the outro, and I'm going to drop the biggest surprise about today's guest, and I guarantee you it will blow your mind. One quick note before we begin. I've recorded this episode at Switch and Board Studio in Washington, D.C., and occasionally on the mic, you'll hear my little bro, William Chapman. Now, whenever I host guests in Washington, D.C. for the podcast, William comes in and he makes sure that the guests are well taken care of, and he definitely did that for today's guest. So shout out to my man, William. Much love to you. All right, let's get it. After the break, you'll hear my vote for Entrepreneur of the Year, none other than Sharice Jones, owner of Sassy Jones Boutique. Here's where I want to begin, okay. right? This is, this is what I find to be most fascinating about you. And you have delivered on this. A matter of fact, even in your text message, you delivered on this, right? So, you know, I've interviewed a lot of CEOs. Yes, of course you have. Right? A lot yes. of folks yes. who've done some things, yes. right? A lot of folks who've done some things. Yeah. And what I've noticed is that most of them, what they're very low energy early. Like before cameras come on, low energy, you know, okay. before when they step in the room, they really don't command presence. You know, they're really just kind of low key, oh. you know, kind of you think about like a, you think of like a Bill Gates. Yeah. Right. Kind of hug the wall, yeah. low energy, yeah. low key. But what makes them phenomenal business leaders is they know how to turn it on. Right. And they know when to turn it on. Right. Sharice, you look turned on all the time. <laughs> a gift and a curse. Yeah, because I stay turned. And I think it's because a lot of the activities that I engage in are like energy givers. And like, I really try to pull myself out of things that take energy away. Okay. And I've been very, so for example, 
Um, the things that I do that are energy givers are like hot yoga, whereas like most people would think that that takes so much energy away. I am addicted to working out. Like yes. I, I need my dopamine. Yes. I've seen I you need, on the gram. Listen. You got I a headstand. You're trying to do a headstand right now? <laughs> if I had on some pants, I swear, <laughs> I, would, I would butt your head. Oh, I should have worn my can pants you, but, see, can, but can you? See, see, because I saw... I think it was today. I saw you post that you did one for like two, three seconds. Yes. Okay. And I'm learning the science as to how you stay up because I thought it was all in your hands and your hand placement, but it's totally your core and how you actually get up. So I'm working on like the exercises to help me stay, but I'll get it for like a second, but I'm afraid, my mind is afraid to bend over like if I fall out of it. Yeah. And yep. so they tell you to overshoot it and then like your core keeps you balanced. Right. But um, I intentionally undershoot so that I know that I won't fall. Uh, and I was talking about like how that's so similar to life it is. and mindset, right? But it don't matter because I'm going to still, you know, do still, it. Yeah. So, but I'll that gives it. you energy though. Yes. It gives me energy. Um, let's see what else. So you're, you're like a battery, right? I need you're, to be charged. You're, you're like, yeah, you're like a good Tesla. You know how Tesla's rolled out the, um, what is it? The, uh, uh, what is it? Tesla battery. So Elon Musk mm -hmm. believes that the, the energy part of Tesla is going to create much more revenue than oh. the cars will, will, will ever do. I right. Because of the solar power. Right. right? So you, you strike me. You're like the perfect solar powered battery. <laughs> you just run around collecting energy and that's how you stay energized. But I have a lot of it to give away as well. Yeah. And okay. you know what? The second that. So like. On Wednesdays, I do this really cool thing called the Sparkle Party. But on those days, I have to preserve all of my energy. Right. But I find that the days that I'm on the couch just chilling, so-called resting, I am sad. Yeah. I am not happy. I am. I have to be productive working on something, tinkering to keep me moving. And that's just the way that I'm wired. And I thought that there was something wrong with that. <laughs> but I actually make millions off of that thing. Yes. So I capture it and exude it. But... Yeah, yeah. I'm so, just wired that way. So, so you must have known this back in the day. And I'm not talking about back in the sales career day. I'm talking about little girl growing up, going to church, mm -hmm. right? You were always this person. Always. Okay. Always this person. Like, yes, I was raised by my grandmother. So let's back up to my mom. So my right. mom and I are 15 years apart. She had me very young. Wow. I was a high school baby. Wow. And so my father wasn't like absolutely present but he's present today and so um with that my grandmother raised me but the women in my family are all like me we are loud we love to walk in the room and speak and give energy and bring the energy up it's just a responsibility that we feel that we have right um and yeah that's that's where i got it from my was, grandmother. She, was, was your grandmother or mother or anyone growing up were they entrepreneurs no Wow. Okay. No. And you know what? My grandmother had a side gig where she cleaned like office buildings. So she had an entrepreneurial like side to her, but she didn't have a full time blown business. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. So, so then I find this interesting because you, you are in a full blown business right now, mm -hmm. you know, so let's go back to that time when you identify. So I always like to say like, as entrepreneurs, what we do is we create solutions totally for problems totally right yeah and the better our business what really what that means is that the more unique our solution is yeah or the more acute the problem is mm -hmm. so what was the moment go back take us to the moment where you realize 
damn, there's a problem out here. Mm. There's a real problem out here. If I had to go way back, it was probably when I was working for Geico. Okay. And this was like my second to last job. I didn't get fired from this job, but I got fired from like a good bit of them, right? Yeah, I, this heard, one, I heard. That's what the streets, that's what <laughs> that's the streets tell me. <laughs> she ain't no good at the workplace. She just causes a rocket. She's no good. No good at yep. the workplace. So anywho, um, at Geico, that's when this paparazzi thing. You ever heard of paparazzi? Oh, yeah. Okay, like, no, but the jewelry. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, right. You heard of paparazzi, but there's like this um, paparazzi jewelry. Okay. And it's $5. That's the ah. thing. So you can go buy your wife a necklace for $5 or like a bracelet. She ain't going to want it, though. Well, but, like, uh, it looks <laughs> like it's five. <laughs> she ain't going to want it, though. But it started to blow up. Okay. And I was thinking my business like wheels were turning and I was trying to figure out like what I could do because I was always into fashion and I wanted a very, a very like low cost to entry. So accessories was the way for me. No sizes, clothes, nothing like that. But I think the moment that I knew that there was an issue is because I bought some of the paparazzi jewelry and I was so dissatisfied with the quality. And also, I wanted a better experience purchasing the jewelry okay. because it was just like a girl off the street. You could just get it and that was it. Gotcha. That there was no relationship. There was no um, nurturing after I wanted someone to maybe give me style tips as to how I can further this thing that I bought this one time. But if you only pay five dollars for it, like what can you expect? Exactly. But I think that was the very first moment that I was like, hmm, I think I can solve this problem here. OK, so so now what was the problem? Like if you were academically breaking it down, mm -hmm. what was because you, you were you had the problem, yeah. right? Yeah. So what was your problem? And I say, what was the deepness of it? Because we always, like in entrepreneur land, we talk about that deep yeah. why that makes them cry. Yeah. Like what Like what was the real problem? And so there's two. Okay. In the beginning, it was quality. Okay. That was, that was it. I just wanted to be able to buy something that didn't cause me to have to make a decision about paying a bill or not. So like you could either go really expensive with your jewelry or just really, really cheap. There was nothing like in the middle. Okay. Right. So there, there was that. That was the first thing. The second thing came later on when I started to execute the business plan. And I found that the other thing was confidence. Right. Confidence. And I didn't, I didn't find that out until I started to walk. That's why it's important to put one foot in front of the other because you'll start to uncover things. Okay. And that's what happened with me. Ah, uh, so Sharice. What? You're at a spot. I want to go all psychology. Go, homie. Go, but so this is, let me ask you this. Okay. Like, I'm going to keep it 1,000 with you. Please. All right, on this. Is that your presence is incredible. Yeah. Like, really, your yeah. presence on, William, for real, we've, we've probably had 20 plus uh, guests come through already. Where do you rate? I mean, we've had a billionaire come through. We've had people who own businesses larger than yours Absolutely. come through. We've had people who are in, a, you know, totally different careers, celebrities, that kind of thing. Where do you place Sharice on presence? I mean, that's the cool thing about what we're doing here is that we've had people who have these external qualities, their success, you know, how they speak, their intelligence. But the cool thing, I mean, this is really brief, but when I saw her, like the minute I saw her, I knew there was a very friendly, positive vibe. It's just without speaking, without knowing her, without knowing the details of her life, like you were saying, there's a presence there. Yeah. So that means, I, I, yeah. All right, all right. Thank Th you, I appreciate that. You're it was so kind. You're, you're being kind, but now I want you to rank her. Honestly, <laughs> 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 like for real. So I mean, you, you a, a lot of the guests definitely have presence. Um, 
but I, I think because I'm younger, she definitely has a youthful vibe. So I mean, I feel like I related to that immediately. So it's 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 in the top five for me. There you go. See. Yeah. See. I see. Oh my goodness! I'm I know. holding back. I, I would. I would literally. If I wasn't in a room for a minute, I would twerk right now because I'm a twerker. Yeah, like I just. That's how. When it's, oh my god! Thank you. See. Yeah. See, but see, so so I'm with that though. Okay. I agree. Thank you. With that, and I am going to place a bet somewhere, okay. and I could be completely wrong. You tell me. Okay. Is when you going back to that paparazzi moment with mm-hmm. the with the jewelry, right? And you thought, okay, look, this is about quality. Mm-hmm. And later on, it was about confidence. Is confidence an area that you have struggled with at some point in your life? Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. She's not twerking, but that's, that's the equivalent. <laughs> this is the equivalent. A, that's a, why I had to twerk. move the jacket. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. I wanted to solve that issue for other women because I had the issue myself, right? And I wanted to be able to guide them through how they could come out of it. I can't be there all. Right. But I can teach them how to believe in themselves more, you know, and through engagement with them. But totally, for me, it's all up and through my childhood. Like, all of it from um, being raised by my mother. Or let me let me step back. My mother having me at 15, giving me to my grandmother to raise, and then not having my father there. Yes, definitely cause confidence confidence issues and then also abandonment issues which show up differently later in my life yeah. and also show up differently in entrepreneurship. Yes. Like that locus of control yes. and like all of that. Yes. It, it's manifesting itself even today. And so um, we'll have to talk about that because I have some juice on that later. Okay, okay. But yet the answer is yes. Yeah. So, so and, and, and I think this is also why you've been so successful is because you are the customer. Yeah. Right. You yeah. are the avatar. Yeah. Right. So you knew immediately. So going back to, OK, the the paparazzi, the thing was it it was kind of it was cheap, it was five dollars, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Falling off your neck. Right. So from there. But you're still working at Geico. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So then walk us to the point where you're now like give give us the from Geico all the way to you are full time entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm talking about you've jumped. OK. So from Geico. Let's back up because I was fired lots of times before Geico. And it's because I just wanted to run around and do my own thing. Like, I di- I'm not a rule follower. If you tell me to go left, I'm going to go right just because I don't believe you and I want to see what's over here. <laughs> and I've just always been that way. And so when I got to Geico, it was a result of me being fired from Verizon. And Verizon was wow. my end-all be-all. You know anybody that work at Verizon? Oh, yeah, I do. They make guap. But, like, oh, they but, make- but I know no one who's been fired from Verizon. <laughs> You don't don't know any fools. That's why. So now you do because it is a great paying job. And so we got married, like cash paid wedding, like wedding ended up in essence and like was building a house. Right. And so I get pulled into the room one day and they're like, I don't like the way that you spoke to this customer. We're not going to train you better. We're just going to let you go. And I'm like here begging for mercy to keep my job. Like it was the dude. You're sitting there, you're my manager, and I'm sitting here, I'm sobbing in tears, and I say to him, I need mercy from you. Has anyone ever given you mercy? I need it from you right now. He put his head down, and he was like, he backed away from the table. He said, I cannot. I can't, right? And so, wow. it, and I'm sorry, you yeah. you put on the table that you were, what, you had just gotten married? Just gotten married, and I was building a house. We were 32 days from closing. All right, so you need that money. 
I need that, that <laughs> I need that predictable check, yes, to pay this mortgage. Yes. I need this um income verification because when you before you go to closing, they're gonna call to make sure that show you know everything lined up the way you say. I need all of these things. So like you cannot kick me out of the door now, no. And so he kicked me out of the door wow. and I had to find another job. I was so desperate to replace that income because that's the only way I could close by showing another income verification. Wow. So that was what Geico was for me. Wow. So within 30 days, you got the Geico gig. I got another guy. I, I got an offer letter. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I was still in training. All I needed was an offer letter, right? <laughs> I could quit the next day. I just needed an offer letter. So I got it. Okay. And so um, Geico was important because it really taught me the value of selling. And so it was a sales job. I sold insurance. People, were, it was a call center. They were calling for quotes, and I was responsible for turning that into an insurance policy. Got you. Yeah. Wow. And so I loved solving their issues and, and getting money for solving their issues. Right. And and it seemed like you were good at that. Oh, so good. President's Club. <laughs> they used me on the commercials. Did they? For, yes. Okay. If you go to the Geico's website, I had a, a lace front on, but it's still me. <laughs> it's still me. And they use it for like recruitment um, videos and stuff like that. So wow. I was always pulled for that sort of thing. And so I got the wheel started to turn. I'm like, they always got me like repping another brand because I've done modeling in the past and like walked into cell phone stores and seen my face on a Motorola phone. And I'm like, I need that check for myself. Yes. I want to keep. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, doesn't oh, okay. it make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I want to keep some of my good for me, if mm -hmm. not all. Right. So that's how I started to explore. And so I had the paparazzi experience. I was like, I can do this. Right. I can do this. So. Geico was an hour and some change from Richmond, Fredericksburg to Richmond, commuting every day. And I heard this radio commercial and it got my wheels turning because it was like you can come and display your business at this trade show. Okay. So Transformation Expo. And the trade show was pretty expensive. I thought it was like 800 bucks. And I'm like. It's a lot. This Listen, yeah, I mean, that's some people mortgage. That's right. my grandma mortgage. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so um, I didn't quite know how, but I knew I wanted to. So I sold the Mercedes. So Wow. So you sold your car. I sold my car. Okay. What, what, what Mercedes? It was a, a C320. C320? C320. Yeah. 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 On, that was nice. Yeah. Was not, what what, what color was it? It was gold. I was go they called it Sienna. <laughs> yeah, it was gold. It was a four door. Oh, yeah. I had to keep the leather seats clean because I oh, had yeah. them, um, I know, I know. them true religions. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because yeah, you, you know don't want to rub it off. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I know, I know. Oh my god, that was my first piece of luxury, and I cried for that car, and I was so proud for paying it off, right? And so I heard the commercial. I said, "I'm gonna sell the car. I'm gonna get this guap. Okay. I need money to." get entry to the trade show and I also need money to buy inventory. Exactly. So that's what it was for me. So, so at, the, at that point though, this is this is fascinating to me because you have done nothing entrepreneurial in your life no, I, this up is until just that me point. Trying. This is me believing in myself that I'm worth enough to give myself a shot. Right. I knew that I was going to I can't curse, can I? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I knew that I was gonna fuck up. Like right. I knew that it wasn't going to be easy. There's just a screw loose in me that I just don't care. Okay. Like, I'm just going to get rich or die trying, right. you know? But, but I mean, all right, let me just, like, spend a second in that mindset. Okay. Because you got this car you love, right? Mm -hmm. But you also are recently married. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're in a new home. In a new home that right? at that point was completely in my name only. So everything is riding on me. And I would imagine the perception with friends, family. And I know Whoa! Richmond is a small community. Whoa! I know it. You know why I know it? Why? Because my wife's from Richmond. 
See, I know about see, you, Sharice. Tell me that. Yeah, see, see, see I held it. I held it. See, I held it. But she, she's technically not. Oh, let, let me put this out. She's technically not from Richmond. She's I'm from Petersburg. Either. Oh, okay. All right, so it's right she there. Don't claim, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's so, yeah. You, nah, she doesn't want it. So it's Richmond. It's Richmond. Yeah, Richmond. Um, yes. but it's a small community. Folks mm-hmm. talk, right? They do. I've never seen in gossip country. in country, mm-hmm. right? So the perception is that like you're doing it, you're making it, yeah. and then oh no, look, Cherie sold her car. Oh my god! So were you thinking about this? Were... Yes. Okay. All of it. I'm. Yes. When I started a business, I lost friends. Right. And things changed for me because I wanted to try to make something better of myself. And even with my family, like who am I to even try to be doing this other thing or even think about leaving my comfortable job? Right. And so, yeah, the perception. But I still didn't care. So people said things, but I didn't care. Didn't care. Okay, And I I decided to go for it anyway. I like it because I would definitely feel better trying than to not. I I hate living with regrets, you know, and so that scares me. Right. I have a phobia of that. Was was your husband supportive of you selling the car and going to that trade show the, the first time? The answer overall is yes. He listed the car for me. Um, he managed the transaction. It happened on Craigslist. He helped me bring the things into the trade show. He was definitely very supportive. Now, was he a full-fledged believer? <laughs> No, because he was definitely like, chick, you crazy. Like, I don't know about this. You just might want to work some overtime. You know, just sit down somewhere, little girl. Right. But he still showed up. Right. He completely still showed up. Wow. Okay. All right. So you're there at the trade show. At the trade show. No car, but you're at the trade show. Yeah. I had had another little Honda. Got a little beater Honda. A little two-door Honda. Okay. And so at the trade show, I didn't have no money to pay employees or anything. So I had my friends. We dressed in all black. And said, I said, I'm going to show up as best as I know how because paparazzi was there. Uh, Tracy Lynn was there. All of these other well-known, like, established jewelry brands. And so I really almost talked myself out of it because I'm like, why would I go? Like, if, if I'm designing, for example, a new tennis shoe, why would I go to a Nike trade show? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? It's yeah. stupid. Yeah. And then Kanye shows up with the Yeezys. Yes! You're like, like damn, so, how do I compete? Right. Yeah. You can't, right? right? But um, I wanted to give it a shot because I believed in myself just that much. So I got a table. Okay. I went to, uh, I think it was Bed Bath & Beyond and bought some like cupcake stands and some um, mirrored plates. They call them chargers. And I decorated that table, um, sprinkled out little uh, fake diamonds all <laughs> over there. And I just tried to decorate it as best as I knew how. I um, took the, TV, the flat screen TV from my home and like sat it up on the corner of the table and just showed all the designs. Okay. I did. I pulled everything that I could pull out of creativity to try to show up well. Yes. And so I attracted. So that, that setup got me a crowd. Uh, and I learned that once you have a crowd, you can attract more of a crowd. So I learned a science there where if I had a customer, I would try to keep that customer in conversation, whether they were buying or not. Yes. Because in a trade show, in that environment, it's monkey see, monkey do. Yes. Right? And so if I had this one lady, now I'm just talking to her, okay, other people are coming around. So, and I still use that thing today, just in a different way. So at the trade show, we did so well. 
I made more money that one day than I had made my entire paycheck for a month at Geico, wow. including can you, commission. Can you can you disclose how I much? I would you made? love to. I made forty two hundred dollars. Forty two hundred dollars. And I was making around three thousand, maybe with commission at Geico thirty seven hundred. Wow. So more money in one event. One one day. event. One day. So I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm onto something. I could like ghost. Yes. All I got to do is just do more of this one thing. Plus, I had so much fun. It didn't feel like I was working. Mm. It legit just felt like I was styling women, kikiing, and making money for it. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? So was that the moment that the light bulb came on and you said, this is me? This is my calling. Okay, this is my calling. All this right. is my calling. But the other thing that was so important is I saw the impact that I had on women. I saw the impact, the same aura that you're speaking of. Yes. It helped me to convert women to buy my product, right? And so, and the other thing is that the women walked away feeling better than they came. So they would, when they passed the table, they would be like, oh, that ain't for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could pull that off. That's not my style. And I felt like it was a challenge to turn that mindset around. Right. Because that's actually a confidence issue. Absolutely. If you can't see yourself in a thing, like it's almost like waiting for a, a holiday to eat on your china. Like you can eat on your china every goddamn on day. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so um I helped turn that around and that is actually how I started the brand. That's how I catapulted the brand. I was like I want every woman to feel this exact same Sa- way. Same mm-hmm. What year was that? That was 2013 no 2014. Yes. 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then how soon did you go full time? The next year. Okay. Yeah, because my exit strategy was doing more of those things. So that trade show, I booked myself solid for like a whole year and a half. A trade show, trade, trade show, trade show, trade show, show trade every show. city, every one I could find, max my credit cards out, like use my husband money, all of the things to pay for entry fees because they're expensive. Um, and I was planning on leaving my job, but I got pregnant. <sighs> yeah, like pregnant 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 like real pregnant like real 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 pregnant i know and in fact i know that i've got my wife real pregnant before yeah in fact um i thought i was just regular pregnant and then i found out that i was having twins but how i found out is one morning i woke up in a pool of blood yeah and so i called 911 saying that i was having a miscarriage and so going like in the ambulance all these things were going through my mind like how horrible I was and how I deserved this and like all of that right so I get to the hospital they take me into the um, ultrasound room and I'm thinking they're just getting ready to give me horrible news because they're hella quiet can can I can I just hold you said something that's blowing my mind right now is you said I felt like I deserved this yeah where does that come from where's that guilt come from when Something bad happens to me. I go back and try to analyze what part I played in it or what responsibility I had in the matter. And I thought about how I got fired and how I talked to that customer crazy and kind of like internalized um, why, like, of course this happened to me. I've already told people that I'm pregnant. Of course it would happen to me, right? And so those are just some of the things that was going through my mind. But God was like, Girl, I'm about to make a whole fool out of you. You know, <laughs> like I'm about to turn this around for you. You don't even know it. Right. And so I get there and they're doing the ultrasound on my stomach. And I'm like, can y'all please just let me out of here? I am ready. I'm a big girl. Just go ahead and tell and me. Tell me. Yeah. And so um, I had three and I lost one. Whoa. I was pregnant with triplets. You had triplets. I had triplets, homie. 
Yeah. They call them in different sacs, placenta, baby A, baby B, and baby C. Wow. And I lost baby C, but then that's when they said, you've got twins. Yeah, twins. And I was like, excuse me? I'm I'm supposed to be losing. What are you talking about? Right. So now it's like all of this abundance. Wow, that's chills. Oh, Listen, I mean, wow. cup overflowing oh, when you God. are in a mindset to experience loss and you're prepared and you're braced for loss. Mm-hmm. But um, God had other plans. And my husband, he just died laughing. He felt, he was like, he died laughing. He thought it was hilarious. Wow. That's normally not the reaction. No. When fellas like, here, you're about to have twins. He's like, oh, damn. <laughs> Had to work twice as hard. <laughs> but that same feeling, can you imagine trying to say that you're going to be a full time entrepreneur? Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry. So you had not quit, or you had quit? No, I had not quit up until that. But point. you were about to. You I was about to. to I had. I had my exit strategy already together. Okay. By so the, by that time. So so then you found out. Okay, you have twins. You're blessed mm-hmm. with twins. Blessed with twins. Now, it sounds like you still quit, or or were you fired? No, from that one, no, I was not fired from that okay. one. But okay. yes, I definitely still quit. And so I was a little wrong for this because the job that I had, I used their maternity leave because I was telling them that I was coming back. So mm-hmm. hopefully they don't try to like come back and get now that I'm, you know. That's the hustle. <laughs> you got to hustle. I'm telling but you. But I said I was going to stack my entire nine months of pregnancy. And I'm going to act like I'm coming back to work because I need that check too, ah, that maternity leave check. There you go. But that and was, and then when it's day, the time for me to come back, a week a week from that point, I was to be in Florida to do my first. Cold-blooded, cold-blooded, cold-blooded. Everyone's like, Sharice is coming back. No, I can't no, wait. We, yeah, we I'm got so excited. For it. No, homie. She said, no, no, I'm being no, a No, 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 I want to be a mom. And that's what I told them. I actually still have my resignation letter that I sent them. I was like, I'm going to be a mother <laughs> and do better things for my family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Totally true. You're not lying. But so, so you quit. Yes. Okay. I quit. Your husband, though, I'm assuming he's still working. Please, yes. <laughs> yes, we need that mortgage paid. Yes. Yeah, because so it's he's, like a balancing effect. He's holding it down, but you've now got the quote-unquote runway yeah. to now do your own thing. Yes. All right? Yes. So now you go back on the road to do trade shows. Mm-hmm. All right. So now how does that progress to physical location, physical boutique? All right, pardon the interruption, guys. I just want to spend a moment to thank Switch and Board it's a podcast studio in Washington, D.C., yeah. owned by a good friend of mine. And if you like the production quality of this podcast, if you like this track as much as I do, which I love it, it's all thanks to them. Now, Switching Board specializes in podcasters like me and you who are busy. We travel a lot because not only have they mastered in-studio production, guess what? They've mastered remote podcasting production. That's right. So you could be anywhere in the world at Switching Board as you cover now if you want to learn more from switching board i want you to go to paulcbrunson.com backslash studio that's s-t-u-d-i-o and let me put you on and now back to the show paul it doesn't it so, doesn't so Uh-oh. here's how that happened Uh-oh. do these trade shows and i got sick of them because like being a new mom and all of that is a lot, especially with twins, you know, you know. And so, and then talking about on the weekend, you about to drive to Florida three times a month. No. 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 Yeah. So at the end of that year, I was going to go back to work. And then I decided to give my business just one more try before I went back to work. So I took the business, moved out of the home. 
And uh, we started to blow up. And I think it's because I took myself seriously. Wait, hold up for a second. Yeah. You said you moved out of the home. So yeah. is this when you opened up the boutique? The, the, no. the storefront? No. No, no. Okay. No, that's later on. Okay. So from from the road, I moved into this like little 600 square foot art studio. Okay. And then I was just shipping orders out of there, going live from there. I set it up like a store, but it was definitely in an office building. It had no place being a store at all. All right. So what year is this? That was 2017. 2017. Yeah. How much money are we making in 2017? 2017, I ended the year at 360K. All right. So you got a, I mean, you've got a big, I mean, when it comes to, yeah, when it, when it comes to entrepreneurship, you're already surpass what the average entrepreneurs is bringing down. Yeah. You know, so the 300K, so 2016, what was revenue? 114K. 114K. That was all off road shows. That was all off road shows, unprofitable as hell. Um, okay. Yeah, so, in so the you red, spent all the way in the red. All the way in the red. Yeah. As red as that dress. As red as the dress. <laughs> I see For it. For real. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then 2017, we're at 300 Okay, mm -hmm. roughly. Yep. Are we profitable or are we still red? We are profitable. Okay. We are profitable. Right, not good. by we much. We got money, guys. Yeah. We got money. Yes, we're in the black. We we're got in the money. Black, but right? how how but how much in the black? Not much. Maybe like seven percent. Okay. Yeah. Right. So just that year. Okay. Just barely. Just okay. barely experimenting, trying to figure out like what what my place was in this accessory world. So a magical thing happened. I decided to get from behind the brand and step in front of it because previously I was doing all the stuff that all these other boutiques were doing, sending their accessories and things to makeup girls and bloggers, just trying to get on that way, celebrities. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nope, I'm going to stop paying influencers. I'm going to become the influencer myself. Mm. So, and that was actually from the suggestion of a friend. And so I started to do photo shoots. I started to live stream. I allowed the customer to get to know who I am. So I was like, I'm a pretty dope chick. So <laughs> why don't I just let you in? Right. And, and see all this fabulousness. See all of this fabulousness. Yes. And then that's when things started to turn around. So here comes the storefront. We actually grew out of that little 600 square foot space. And I was looking for a larger space only to ship orders because I needed to hire a second employee. And then I found this place on Gray Street. And I was like, hmm. I was looking through the window. I was like, I can actually ship orders from the back and have a store in the front. Boom. I'm smart. Boom. It sounded so good. Boom. So now your boutique mm -hmm. is it on Gray Street. Yeah. Is that near Sally Bell's? <gasps> See? No, it's not near it, Sally Bell's. It's not. But I is love Sally Bell's. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's, the like, that's the best potato salad I have had. The cheapest box lunch ever. The, bo the box lunch is great. But I thought this is Gray Street is near. It's not? It's like maybe three minutes. It's three minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, it's yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so you open up this. Now, to have a retail mm -hmm. establishment, this is yeah. 2018. This is new. Is almost the antithesis of what everybody out here is saying. They're saying, close down retail. Yeah. Retail is dead. <laughs> Brick and mortar is dead. Totally. Amazon's and buying up everybody. That. Yeah. So is this believer. just you when everybody tells you to go right, you turn left? Is yeah, again. 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 But I don't get it. But, I mean, I don't understand, though. Yeah. 2018, what gives you that confidence to say, I'm going to open up a retail establishment when everybody's going online mm -hmm. to do their thing? Pardon the interruption. I just wanted to make two special announcements. The first is that I just opened a podcast masterclass 
sharing everything I've learned through launching and growing the Better With Paul podcast. Over 500 people have already joined this masterclass and the feedback has been humbling with many saying it's been the single best course they've ever taken. If you would like to join this course completely free, just go to paulcbrunson.com backslash podcast masterclass. That's paulcbrunson.com backslash podcast masterclass. And then after you've completed the masterclass and you're ready to explore either starting your podcast or moving your podcast audio to a higher level, I encourage you to consider the studio that I use for this podcast. It's based in Washington, D.C., and they specialize in remote podcast support. Just drop me a line at paulcbrunson.com backslash studio. That's paulcbrunson.com backslash studio for more information. And now let's get back to the show. I think for me, because we had built up the brand so much on e-commerce, that space was floated by e-commerce. So I had room to be able to play, right? And so that one building was paid for by our website and the front of it was pure profit. So we sold something great. Okay, I see. Great. And so the store definitely fell in my lap. It was just an idea as soon as I looked eyes on the building. It was never in the business plan. Okay. Never. And so, and even today, that store, is it profitable? Yes. But as where online will make $500,000, that store might make seven or eight for the month. Ah, okay. So it, it, the strange thing is to a certain generation, it adds legitimacy. To my grandmama now? <laughs> They're like, you have a business. Yeah, like, yeah. You ain't got no business, little girl. You only online. You online. Do you parties <laughs> online? online? What is that? I know. <laughs> but the yep. second you got a store, the second you have a store. Ooh, oh, she got a business. Oh, she big now. And I'm like, oh, my God, this store don't even make no money. What y'all talking about? That's so much the truth, though. Oh. That's so much the truth. But to my consumer, who is between 35 and 65, some of them view it as an added layer of legitimacy. Yes. And it serves a purpose. They love coming in, trying the stuff on. But that's how the store came about. Yeah. I've, I've got to say this, too, is that. Even for me, who, you know, I consider myself part-time business journalist, okay. right? And when I'm researching and I see someone who's a pure play online player, mm-hmm. right, versus someone who has retail, who has some brick and mortar, mm-hmm. I always give the brick and mortar person a little bit of a premium. Like, they, they really know what business is because they, they, they got to pay that. They have overhead yes. that the online folks don't. Yes. All right. Yes, they so, do. So now 2018, it's how many of us now? Two of us working in the business? Oh, no. So two of us, when we were in that little 600 square foot spot, Okay. by the time we got to the store, we were at six. We're at six. We're at six now. Wow. We're at yeah. six. And what what's our revenue, 2018? 2018? Uh, that was last year. Two point six five million. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Yeah, it just jumped like that, homie. Hold on. Woody. No, no. Woody. No. It jumped like that. I'm telling you, it just ended like this. No, no, no. Oh, she's breaking up the studio. No, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear what I said, William? Do you have questions here? So what? She's she's selling something else out of this store. I am not. Because I know what y'all like in Richmond. No. No. So here's the thing. It's three. It's you're saying you did 365, 365, 2017. Yes. And you did 2.6 million. Yes. In 2018. Correct. How? 
Huh. Okay. Houseway. Yeah. <laughs> Houseway. Houseway. Um, the first thing is that's the year I built my team. Okay. Right. So there's money falling out of the sky. You want more hands to be able to catch it. Right. And so that freed me up. That freed me up um, to be able to go shake more hands, do more sparkle party, and then come up with like the inventions, right? And design, which are the things that my customers love, the stuff that comes out of my brain, develop a community. If I was bogged down, I couldn't have the space to do that. Also, it allowed me to free myself up to attend conferences. Okay. Right? And through those conferences, I learned about coaching. Yeah, that. And through coaching, I learned about paid marketing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, instead okay. of like organically posting on Instagram, hoping people will buy your thing. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you'd actually go out and spend money yeah. on marketing. Yeah. Let, yeah, please. Let's pause on that for what? a second. I'm here for it. Because here's the thing. I'm from the old school. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm from the, we knock on doors, we hustle one-to-one yeah. for the sale. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. I remember that. Yes, of course. But what I see so many times with entrepreneurs today is, all right, let me uh, post this. Okay. Hit post for Instagram. Oh damn! Nobody bought this thing. My business is no good. How is what? that even logical? Yeah, how is it? It doesn't make any sense. So I love no the, conversations with anyone. This, you know, so w- from what I've seen, if you look at big multi-billion-dollar businesses all the way down to smaller businesses that are crushing it like yours, people are still spending twenty, thirty percent of their total revenue mm-hmm. in in marketing, mm-hmm. right? But when you look at the businesses, all the time I look at businesses that are making no money, I say, well, how, how much are you spending on marketing? Oh, I don't spend it. I, I ain't got it to spend. I don't get, so, you better find it. So, so, so you are telling us you got to spend money to make money. Paul, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. You got you to you spend money to make money. Okay. And I gotta, we got to pause here, too, because it was a mindset shift for me. I was not fine with this in the beginning. Like they told me, hey, I know this dude, he can run some ads for you and he's vouched for and all of these things. And I still didn't believe it. It took me about about 90 days to become okay because he was like, okay, you're going to pay me $1,500 a month and then I want you to pay $100 a day to Facebook. I'm like, what? Okay. What? Okay. 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 So he's going to. He's going, what, what was he? He's an, an advertising company, like agency? Yeah, okay. like a marketer. Marketer, okay. Yeah, and okay. so he had an agency and he had a fee, but he also wanted, you know, you have to pay Facebook the budgeting to be able to run the ads. And I'm like, no, that that's ridiculous. I'm not even, some days I ain't even making $100. Like, what you, right. No. Right. And so um, I had a business friend. This is the magic of surrounding yourself with great people that think and perform better than you. Sure. And so she said, she said, Sharice, I know. I'm just like you. She said, I know this money is hard to come off of, but if you can trust me, it has worked for me. And I saw her business blow up in Target everywhere, right? Okay. Product and business. Product business. Okay. And I bit the bullet. And when I did, I then became addicted. So is that what you consider to be the chief driver of your sales in 2018. Absolutely. Facebook, paid Facebook ads. Absolutely. At $100 per day. To start. To start. Today, um, we are at, we just backed off from 1000 We're down to like 700 a day now. You were spending $1,000 a day? Happily. If on I Facebook could spend ads? more, oh yeah, happily. Like, yeah. yeah. Actually, that makes sense. Because if you're doing what, over 3 million, that's, that's, 
20 that's uh what is it 10 percent mm-hmm. of your sales mm-hmm. yeah okay that makes sense and it's changing now like it's not as great as it was last year so like row as a return on your ad spend is decreasing but it's still great right and it's still better than you doing business the old-fashioned way wow so can you give us just a quick like for everybody listening who doesn't yet have any type of paid ad campaign mm-hmm. right you are suggest or not suggest you're telling us Facebook is the chief driver of sales for your business, right? Multi-million dollar business, you are paying. So, I mean, other than joining an agency, mm-hmm. right? What are some like quick tips in there that we can learn to know, okay, how do we target a customer? Yeah. Does this work also with the service? Yeah, totally. As, okay. Totally, because okay. you're okay. going to get leads, right? But the idea of it is, if you can forget about you having to pay to be there, the idea of it is exposure. That's all it is. You just want more eyeballs on whatever it is that you have to offer, whether it be a product or a service. That's all you're paying for. Now, it's not going to work for every brand. Why? Because you have to be able to attract and then convert. So I'm going to pay for you to come to my website. But is my website beautiful enough for you to even be able to check out? Do I have PayPal? You know what I mean? Like these basic things. Am I easy (laughs) to do business with? So that is not the end all be all. Yes, you can attract, but you have to have the behind the scenes infrastructure to be able to maintain Mm. at that level, right? right? A team, like all the behind the stuff things that go on with fulfillment to be able to keep the to keep those customers. So it's a lot involved. It's not just paying. Just running the ad. Yeah. But, but when you run the ad, the workflow is is you run the ad and then you drive the tr- the eyeballs to your website. Correct. Right. Not to a product or not to, but to sometimes, the website. Yeah. Or sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So, so it depends on, we have a lot of different ways we do it. Sometimes we run ads to our live stream. Sometimes we run ads to a product, just one product that we need to, we have multiple quantities of, need to off it. And um, most of the time we're running it to our website. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, the, wow. So, all right. So we're 2018. We got money falling out of the sky. Mm-hmm. We've got six people to help doing us ca- ca- catch all the money. Yeah. Right. Doing the money dance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's funny. You know, every time when my wife and I, we started a matchmaking business in 2009 uh-huh. and it was just the two of us. Right. And every time we got a sale, she would she would put on uh, shake like a salt shaker. Yeah. And she, and she she would go do her little thing. And I was like, oh, I love the shake. She is. Oh, I love the shake. My yeah. I was like, every I, I need to see more shake like that. <laughs> but so then. So was this your motivator? <laughs> to make, yeah, to make money. I was like, she's gonna do this every time. I saw, I saw. <laughs> it's getting better, get better, better. And, um. So uh. So no. So 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 I feel you on all that, right? <laughs> but what we haven't talked about was you stepping to the forefront, mm-hmm. right? Because 2017, that could be around the time where I think you kind of popped on my radar there. Yeah. Because was 2017, uh, you're doing lives to Periscope? Yeah, okay. I started out on Periscope with Periscope. Sparkle Party. Yep. Yes, okay. So, all right. So, so Sparkle Party must be a big driver. Woo! Yeah, yeah. This is it. Paul Preach! Yes. Paul Preach, yes. Brother Brunson. Yes, and I've seen the Sparkle Party. Okay. William, you must see the Sparkle Party. If you think like she's like she she you feel like she's on a ten right now, but at the sparkle this is party, like a two yeah yeah, this is like she's had a quaalude or something right now because <laughs> at the sparkle party she's like really but really all right so so break down the sparkle party and how it drives business. Oh, for it's you. so much fun. Okay, so you've heard of HSN or QVC, right? Yes. Okay, so it is just simply my version of HSN. You know when you go to Sam's Club and you hit the corner. And they got them little hot dogs and little weenies, yes. right? And so that's Get called a sample. Yeah, yeah. You, you, then you got the dip, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you end up buying the sample and the dip. 
part. So that's called a demo, right? And so the Sparkle Party is just a virtual demo. So I'm teaching my customers how to wear our products. That's it. And I'm giving them new, um, ingenious, innovative ways to style it that they've never thought of. So for example, if they buy a scarf, like last week, I'm teaching them about 13 new ways that they can style the scarf. So that's the first part of Sparkle Party. It's giving them value, right? I'm teaching them something. Okay. But the next part is it's entertaining. So there is music. There's twerk music. Yes. There's definitely like yin-yang twins may be played. Yes. <laughs> and um, it's entertaining also because I'm entertaining, right? So I'm jumping around. <laughs> it's like visually just, it's visual overload. Yes. And then it's on a set. It's bright. I'm always wearing either sequins or bright colors or something. But the most important thing is that there is a specific time-bound offer. And so when you watch the Sparkle Party, you have to be ready to make a purchasing decision. So I may offer a coupon code or a necklace that you will never see again in your life, and it expires at midnight, four hours from broadcasting time, and it's go time. So yes. you need to be able to make a decision as to whether you want to spend this $99 and get this free necklace for free. Because in social proof, while looking at the comments, because there's thousands of people who watch, they're going crazy. And then so that catches on to you. You're yes. going crazy. Yes. Just like I talked about earlier at the trade show, right? You have one, and if you have one, you hook them, and that one attracts many. Yes. And it's the same thing with live streams. With live streams. Yeah. So you've been doing this consistently since uh, 2017 then. Yeah. How many years? So three you're years. Three or four years? Three years. Three, yeah. So three years Every week. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday for an hour. Have you ever missed a week? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, so, babysit. Gotcha. And then, gotcha. you know, my self-care rises up and I'm like, I'm tired. I just don't feel like it. So, yeah. But for the most part, you've been consistent. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think this is fascinating because it's that consistency, but not just the fact that you're showing up, mm -hmm. but that you're showing up in this full you know, Sharice, and yeah. you talk about the set is yeah. laid out, styling, styling, makeup every week, makeup, yeah, yeah. So that's a massive commitment that you make. Oh gosh! But then on top of that, you are very present on social, yeah, through your account, through the Sassy Jones account. I have to be right. Interviews that you're doing, mm -hmm. you have really become this chief talking officer, essentially of your brand. Yeah, that seems to me to be the secret. That's really. You're the, so right, Paul. Okay. I agree. I have to agree. And I'm going to tell you why, because we tested it. So this year, when um, I started to build out more of a team and start to delegate a little bit more, um, I kind of like lay back, kind of did like this, right? And so I'm like, okay, I got a team now. They can go, they can go execute. I've taught them well. We took a dip in sales. We took a nosedive. And I was like uh -oh. racking my brain like I've taught them well. They know I can't do everything forever, Jesus. You know what I mean? And so what my lesson was is that we stopped storytelling. And so because the brand was built up on Charisse. Right. And these people are here because of familiarity and relationship, right? So the second you take that away and interject strangers – that's not the way the brand was built. It works for some brands that started off that way. But by the way I built it, um, they're so used to me. So I had to figure that out. So here's the recipe today. I do not do it all. I okay. only do what only I can do. Okay. So um, I do do the sparkle parties, but everyone else does everything else. Okay. And so I have, even with shooting the products, I used to shoot every single product 
in conjunction with doing Sparkle Party and all of that. Now we have models, but I've taught the staff how to talk in my voice, right? right. And so it sounds like they're doing business with me. Right. You know, I see also on the website, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, the products, products, I think the products are phenomenal. Thank you. And you design these products. Yes. Right. But it wasn't Which, always that way. Wait, so, yeah. So, so and I, I even want to touch on that. But what I've noticed is the wording on the website and the fact that your brand, like your voice mm-hmm. is consistent across all of your extensions, yeah. whether it be your website, mm-hmm. whether it be the Sassy Jones Instagram account, which is separate from your Instagram account, totally. right? There's consistency there. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what what do you feel is, you know, clearly this is the, this is the reason, like we said, this is your secret sauce, mm-hmm. right? But what a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, struggle with, especially in the early days of entrepreneurship, is being able to step out and be the face and be the voice. Oh, yeah. Especially if, now here's the big if, they don't have that sales vernacular, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things, and this is a, a, a this is a, a question. I don't want you to disappoint a lot of folks, but okay. I want you to keep, you know keep it one thousand with folks. Okay. Is that a commonality I see among the most successful CEOs is that all of them have at least one skill in common, and that is they're incredible salespeople. Yeah, they're incredible. Oh, they yeah. can sell you that vision, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You are incredible in sales. Yeah. So what happens to the person that says to themselves, damn, I'm not, I'm not a It's okay. Oh, you don't need that. You don't need that to get started. You'll develop that. All you have to have is passion, right? All you have to have is passion and to be able to believe in it. And then you can convey that. You can talk about why you started. You don't have to push your product on someone and start to try to solve their, their need, but you can inspire them. You can talk about your why. And why you started the the business. I even know a skincare company that started because her mom had cancer. And you can't put all kinds of products on cancer patients, right? She is not comfortable with sales. But she tells that story. She just shares right. from her heart. And that's her form of selling. Right, right. So so, so the, 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 the storytelling skill yeah. will develop over time absolutely you know and, and one of the things too that i find interesting because you know sharice i had to do some research on oh you. god here we go paul i'm telling you uh-oh, here we go here we go, I'm, here we go. You, I'm scared your social William, security I'm number scared. is no no but <laughs> but i will tell you there's so many things i find fascinating about your story like i think you represent so many incredible things about the power of entrepreneurship thank you and uh, no you got it you're welcome there uh but one of the things i saw that was different where you've evolved is how you tell your story mm-hmm. between 2017 and today right so there was a a, a podcast i listened to i think it was uh charvette mitchell was yeah. it in 2017 <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it was oh it was like God. a blog talk radio. Like, remember blog talk radio? You know, cause cause she was saying she was saying stuff like, all right, everyone's entering the room. I was like, entering the, the room. room. <laughs> yes, blog talk for you. But, wow. but, sh- but shout out to her on that because I thought I thought it was a great interview. Yeah. And it was interesting hearing how, you know, you described your story and what your vision was mm. then. And then you fast forward now, right? We're almost in 2020, almost fast forward three years. And I hear you like on the Rise podcast or something else. Mm -hmm. And you're telling elements of the same story, but the story has actually become even more compelling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also what I noticed about 2017, which is fascinating, is she asked you 
okay, so what? So what's on the horizon for Sassy Jones? Yeah. What's going on? Do you remember what you said? I, if I had to take a guess, I said something about maybe sales reps. You, well, or, so you said, all right, this is what you said. I remember exactly what you okay, said, tell right? Me, tell me, enlighten me, Paul. So first you said, I am going to work on a book. Yes! I'm, okay. I'm working on a conference. I am, <laughs> yes, working on a conference. Yes, yes, yes. I am going to start designing my own. Did I? That's yes, my own line, which meant that if I you kick this down, I would turn around. You haven't even started your own line yet. No. And you said the most fascinating thing to me is you said, you know, we're going to start looking at other products. Yeah. We're going to look at mugs, we're going to look at home products, yeah. but one thing I know is accessories is the, our path. Mhm. You know, and it almost gives me chills when I look back and think about that. That's crazy. Because my God, look at what you've done. That is absolutely insane. Did you listen to the podcast where I told the story about how I was pushed into designing? Yes, I did. I'm, I'm listening to everything about <laughs> you, Sharice. You want me to tell you this the story? I can tell you the story. Hey, get Let me get in that seat right there. I'll just keep going back and forth. Let me give you a red dress. Might as well. Might as well. Get my hair. I need to grow my hair out. Dye it. Get you some lashes. But I, I did. But please bless yes. us with that story, though. Well, I love that you brought that up because all of those things have actually manifested or I'm still working on. Yes. Which is thank you for that. So um, last year, actually about a year ago, we have this VIP customer group and I had a VIP customer that got angry and thought she found my products on like China websites. Right. And so she thought she found a supplier. So what she decided to do, and this was like your homie that you like shop from you all the time. Mm. No beef. Um, what she decided to do was inbox via messenger, like all like 240 customers. And then even some of my Facebook friends, because I kept getting random messages like, who wow. was this woman? We just going to call her Sally. She was sabotaging for like 45 days straight. Like I even had to remove messenger. Like it was just insanity and I didn't understand it but it angered me and so I was always <laughs> I was always pushed like into entrepreneurship continually being fired and like that started the wheels turning right and so I knew that I needed to do this one thing because as you said even back then it was on my heart mm -hmm. but that was the catalyst and so I went to Magic and to the different sourcing trade shows to find people to make the things that I come up with. I cannot draw. I did not go to FIT um, or anything. But if I see some beads, like I can put them together and like maybe put a brooch on the side or something. And it's not like even highly technical, but the way we style it and the flair and the way we serve that shit. Mm hmm is what makes all the difference in the world. Yep. And they're addicted to it. Yeah, the way it's served. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about who you serve it to? Oh. Cause, I cause, love her. Because that I love her. Because she is, I think, so fascinating that business schools could run a case study on this. Mm. And this is what I mean. I'm okay. I'm I'm gonna go somewhere crazy on okay, this. Okay, let's go. All right. Let's go, go somewhere crazy. All right. And I've got the time to do it too. Let's go. All right. One thing that we're often taught in entrepreneurship is you identify a customer avatar. Yeah. And your customer avatar should be as detailed as possible. So just like you're saying her, like you, it's her, mm -hmm. right? And she is 35 mm -hmm. and she lives in South Richmond, oh. 
right? Yeah, you know, go. and she, you know, and, and she goes like, and she reads Essence, I right? And she does all that, right? Mm -hmm. So I know her, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know her. And even I've seen a lot of businesses, they even will then put the avatar up in their office yeah. so that everyone knows this is who we serve. Yeah, yeah. Now what becomes very delicate, in particular for black businesses, is that when you are a black business and you are selling your brand, because we know that we buy into the brand before we buy into the product or service, right. oftentimes that gets interpreted as, well, you know what? She must be black. Uh -oh. She is black uh -oh. because she's black. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. You know where I'm going with this. I do. You know where I'm going with this. Preach home in the tabernacle because it was a mindset <laughs> adjustment for me too. So, so, so then what a lot of black entrepreneurs in particular say to themselves is, is okay, well, hold on for a second. The whole dollar is so much better than just this little part of the dollar. So I want to go after the whole dollar, right? And so I don't know now. Can I go after the whole dollar? Because maybe people just think I have, I'm black, so I just have black products and services. Mm -hmm. But I want to go after the whole dollar, though, right? right? So what I've seen you do in a very masterclass way, is you seem to go after the whole dollar. Mm -hmm. But you remain true to her, oh. even though her has she different ethnicity. The party. Oh, she's okay. The yeah. main her is hosting the party. She has guests, right? Okay. So she can serve Kool-Aid to all the rest of them, but the main her, she the one with the mansion, right? She hold the bag. And so how I found out who she was is through the trade shows. I did the Southern Women's Expo. I did every ethnicity of a trade show that you could do. And I found through research which ones performed the best for me, right? Okay. And so I definitely started out selling to every ethnicity and showing them up on my website and, you know, all of that. But when I honed in on that African-American professional who does not care what things cost, but are in fact surprised by how inexpensive our things are and who loves to go have lunch and sit down and her girlfriends compliment her and who loves to travel. She has stories to tell. She loves to look good, mm. right? Uh, that is who I serve. Her name is Dina. That's Dina. her name. All right, Dina. Yes. Dina sounds bad. Dina though. is Dina's bad to the bone, yeah. honey. Yeah. And um, Is Dina single? No, Dina's definitely married. Okay, I mean, I'm married. I'm yeah. just asking for no, William. No, yeah. Is Dina... No, Dina's not single. Okay. She's definitely married, you know, definitely a homeowner, a nine times out of ten in a sorority, but she loves community. And so um, when I honed in on serving her and creating products that appealed to her, that was another blast off. Mm -hmm. However, in blasting off and with paid marketing, we started to attract different ethnicities. Problem was, is that we were not showing them any love or any representation on our website, but they were already doing business with us. They've been doing business with us. And how I know this is through our group, our community on Facebook. Okay. And um, we kept getting emails and asking why, hey, I'm a Caucasian, but I don't see any Caucasians on your site. Yes. Yes. And I was like, okay, well, I am not going to take the typical mindset stance of saying, but no, I'm repping for black. It and I'm always going to be black and I can't watch that shit off. You know what I mean? Like I'm yes, be that as it may, but that does not mean that we cannot photograph an Asian model or a white model, right? She's not the main thing, but she represents a good portion of our revenue stream. So why not? Right. And we want to be able to scale and attract more ethnicities. Right. right. So we're going to be diverse because we are pro woman, not pro black. Got you. But and then at the same time, you know who the core avatar is. It's Dina. Yeah. 
So therefore, if, if, if Becky walks in, you say, I can still serve you. If Becky, we have some, yeah, if yeah. that's what we call in her, we have yeah. earrings <laughs> for you. We have earrings right. in the things that you love that are fun. I know how to serve Becky. You right. know, that's what we're going to call her, but. But Dina is always going part, to be, yeah. Dina's, she wear it all. Yeah. See, and this is something that I, I believe that not just black entrepreneurs, but all entrepreneurs have a terrible time executing. I agree. They have a terrible time understanding who the customer is, who the avatar is, but then at the same time, how you can expand. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Apple. You think Apple has one avatar? Hells no. Why would they? You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they know precisely who the avatars are and how to sell to them. So I love that. I've got to ask you about the most important person I'm sure in your life, your husband. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and I want to f- just find out about the balance because I work with my wife. Let's talk, Paul. I parent with my wife. Let's talk. I have sex with my wife. Let's talk. Right. So I'm doing all of these things. Everything is with my wife. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting in your dynamic with your husband, I think vis-a-vis most entrepreneurs I see is that typically you see it's the man out front. What? It's the man that's like, okay, all the attention, all the shine is on him. The wife is like, 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 my, like Jill, like she's never even, she's, she probably haven't been, she probably hasn't posted on Instagram in in two years. No way, Jill. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. So, so, so talk to me about the dynamic, how that works in terms of your business, but also in terms of your personal life. Because that's regular social norms, right? Where the man is the lead. And so it makes sense for him to be the lead in business. Um, I have been asking my husband to leave Verizon for some time. And he has, he's very conservative. He has a fear of this entrepreneur. This shit scares the, the yeah. F-U-C-K out of Definitely. him. He's not risky at all. Risk Completely risk averse. So I've been begging him to come because I felt like I could get the brain. I got it as far as I can get it alone. It was weighing on me, trying to be a mom, trying to be a wife, all of it. I needed help. So he said, if you do these two things, two or three things, I'll consider it which was get to a million dollars in revenue, build a team. And I like smash all of those goals in the water. So I pulled up a chair. I was like, now, bruh. <laughs> now, what? Was, now what? Now what? What else you got? What else you got? Right. He had nothing else, but still said no. So Verizon actually a month later offered him a package, a severance package. And I really pulled up a chair. <laughs> I was like. Oh, so now you want to come. Right? Right? So now what you going to do? God completely wiped away all of your excuses. What now? So he took the package. He joined on with the company. This year, actually, January of this year, up until June, was probably the most roughest part of our marriage. Working together. That is a whole nother person at work. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have sex with you. I don't oh, know, no, no, you. Who, you are. who are you? Yeah. And here's this ego part as well. This thing, this baby that I built, how dare you come in and tell me about my child? You know what I mean? It's like when you date in some dude and you've got kids and he comes over and disciplines your badass kids, but you know your badass kids need discipline, right? And so um, today that required therapy. That also required like reframing our boundaries we because we said no we're not going to talk about work at home but it always bled over and like all of our conversations are all about work and like there's no fun there's nothing else either kids or work and i'm like okay can we go on a date can you take me out again because i know you see me all the time you don't even compliment me anymore because you see me every day going up you know what i mean like it's just become mundane and so it really took some jolting um to really throw us back to where we needed to be and i'm going to tell you what brought us together Another family member, my mother, 
and this is probably the first time I'm talking about this like publicly. So you're getting an exclusive. I hired my mother out of her desire and out of my desire as well. This was July. No, August, somewhere around there. Okay. She quit three three weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. But what brought us together is trying to create a united front to save our business from my mother. Wow. Yeah. And so we were like, we're crazy. What are we doing? We need to get back on the same track. And and we just, it requires an effort, a concerted effort. Otherwise- your marriage be down the drain, fooling around, working with your spouse. Yeah. If that, you do not work at it. That's what I say. It's 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 a continual working effort. Yes. It doesn't stop. You know, a lot of people say, Oh, when I get married, that's it. It's just like cruise control. What? And I always say, you know, your marriage is either growing or it's dying. Mm-hmm. There's no in between. There's mm-hmm. no stagnation to it. I love that because you know? it's true. Yeah, absolutely. That's very powerful. Very powerful. You know, um, there's so many more questions I have, but I don't I don't wanna uh, I, I don't want to, to push this. So let me let me kind of wrap with this. Okay. Actually, question then, and then, then a little wrap. What are we going to hit this year in revenue? This year we are on trend. I don't know what. Okay. We're on trend to hit five. And so. I need some. I need some. Well, I need. I need. <laughs> and I this is what like, I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that required an adjustment for me because my goal was actually 10. And then I backed down to seven. And then I had to try to figure out, Sharice, hit the number for what? Right. Hit the number, then what? What does that mean? Right. And so this year, I am okay with doing whatever it is that we do just more profitably. Okay, there you go. So now we're on track for 5 million in sales. Profitable. Yes. You own 100% of the company? On it. No bank loans. No bank loans. No so, investors. So you, no loans, no investors. No. So this is something that almost makes me want to cry, like to be 1,000 with you, because I had a conversation. This is a, like you, you gave me something. I'm going to give you something. Okay. You talked about your mom? Yeah. I'm going to talk about my mom. Let's go, Carl. So my mother said to me, this was a few days ago. She said, you know, I'm so happy with what's happening in terms of the progress that, that we're making, you know, as black people all over the world. Yeah. But what we need is we need more black billionaires. You know, I'm so happy to see all the black billionaires that we have, but we need more black billionaires. And she was showing how the black billionaires could then help to basically infuse more capital into the society. Whatever. And I said, nah, mom, you know what? We need more Sharice Joneses. You told your mama that? For real. 1,000. <laughs> 1,000. Oh 1,000. And, and, and then I told her, I said, here's a woman who owns 100% of her business, okay? She represents most business, right? You look at most business, 90% of business is small business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But 90% of business that is small business is also very, very small in terms of revenue. Right. $50,000, $60,000 yeah. in annual sales. Yeah. So here she is making millions, right? Owns 100% of her business. She's employing people, mm-hmm. some black people, some people who are not black, but she's employing people. And what she's doing at the same time is, is she is inspiring. Mm-hmm. She's also aspirational. So she's inspirational. She's a- asp- aspirational and she's instructional. She's mm-hmm. teaching people along the way. She's going to provide for her kids a life and legacy that perhaps she didn't have. Absolutely. And she's, it's a generational change. Mm-hmm. 
And if we have more Sharice Joneses, that's how we get the most you know, substantial change. Mm -hmm. And I told her just like that. And she said, who is this Sharice Jones? Oh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> hey, mama. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And on that note, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for everything you have done, everything you continue to do. Thank you. Keep doing it. I will. Keep doing it. So how can everyone, because everyone right now who is listening, watching, there's like, okay, look, Paul, I need to get to the sparkle party. How do I, how do I get to the sparkle <laughs> Even Selchuk right here is like, I got to get to the sparkle party. <laughs> how do we get there? How do we find out more about you, Sassy yeah. Jones, and every everything that you're a part of? Okay, so you can come to the site, shopsassyjones.com, or you can follow us anywhere on social, Shop Sassy Jones. And the sparkle party is on Wednesday nights on our Facebook page, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Can Selchuk come to the party? You can. It's plenty of men that come to the party. Waiting oh. for a wardrobe malfunction. Oh, are they? So they're coming. The, the fellows are coming oh, for. Oh, please. They be there. <laughs> I'm like, I know I can name about 10 of them that be there regularly. And I know their wives. <laughs> Talking about they there to research. Research. Entrepreneur. <laughs> please. All right. Sharice <laughs> yeah. Jones. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. It was there an honor go. being here. That's it. I told you. I told you. Wasn't that an incredible story? Sharice completely deserves Entrepreneur of the Year honors. I mean, think about how quickly she grew her company despite all of those challenges. And so now, let me hit you with some big news. So if you didn't yet think, right, based on everything you heard that Sharice deserves Entrepreneur of the Year, let me see if I can convince you with this one move. So I recorded this episode with Sharice one year ago and it was one year ago that she was on target to do five million in sales which she did so today i sent her a text and i was like hey sharice you know we're getting ready to drop the episode <laughs> she was like it's about time you know and i said hey are there any updates on your business and you know it was via text and it took her a second to to respond back to that one are there any updates and i'm thinking oh no like did her business blow up is she not doing well you know that would be terrible right so she responds back and says bro it's been the craziest year and that was it so i'm thinking wow the business must have like blown up and then she responds back and she lets me know that yes the business has blown up but in a totally different direction. And that is because this year, Sharice Jones is on target to do between 15 and $17 million. Let that sink in real quick. She did 5 million last year. This year, she's on target to do 15 to $17 million. And she is doing that selling clothing and accessories during the worst global recession in history. So I told Sharice, I said, look, we need to do a part two of this interview. I need the playbook on how you basically jumped your revenue by $10 million. How'd you do that? And then on top of it, Sharice is doing lots of other amazing things like getting ready to star in a new show on HBO this fall. So Sharice will be coming back We'll do a full part two. We'll unpack her entire year and how she did it. So until that episode, until the next episode, because I don't know if I'll get her back that quick. So until the next episode, let me just say this. I want you to stay safe. I want you to stay blessed. 
will see you on the next episode of Better With Paul. Sweet and bored.